What's it like to drive a Cadillac ambulance? How heavy is this? 8,000 pounds, 21 feet long, and almost eight feet high, the top of the lights. And it's, and it's like having your own car show going down the, sh the freeway. and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars podcast, where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities and more. I'm Randy Cardoon. There are people who like classic cars. There are people who really like unusual classic cars. Now, I'm not talking about movie or star cars. I mean, they're pretty cool in their own right. I'm talking about people who collect unusual cars, like ambulances, hearse, actual ambulances and hearse, cars that used to carry dead people, you know, at funeral parlors. This week, I have a couple of examples of such people who love what they call service cars. In fact, there are several clubs around this country catering to just those people. And with the LAPD Los Angeles Fire Department VTAC show coming up in Woodland Hills at the Warner Center on June 1st, of which I will be a co-host along with Bob Beck of Gas, Great American Auto Scene, I thought this would be a perfect time for the two of us to talk about these cars with their owners. In fact, next week I'll have a couple of guys who own CHP cars, cars that actually used to be CHP cars, and they've hung on to them. Then in shows in the next few weeks, we'll hear the Q&A of some big-name directors and movie producers who are involved in some of the biggest car movies out there as they help usher in a new display that's already up at the Peterson Museum here in Southern California. It's called Hollywood's Dream Machines. But first, let's start it off with Talking About Cars News! <laughs> Remember the Cord, basically a car that has become almost like a cat. So many lives. It began in 1929, lasted until 1932, received its second life when in 1937 and 36, they had a supercharged Phaeton and what they called the 810 and 812 models looked like they were out of the future or the 40s at that time. They were complete with exhausts that not only came out the side of the car, they came out in the middle of the side of the car. And rights to the Cord name have certainly bounced around. With a car guy named Craig Corbell paying nearly a quarter million dollars for a prototype at that time that used a Corvair engine in the 60s, he shifted focus to making a 1937-ish 810 model with Hemi power. But in 2017, things got a little complicated, and now Corbell appears to be selling the rights for the Cord again. This is coming up at an auction on Labor Day 2019, according to Hemmings.com. So we'll keep an eye on that story for you. All right, now, can you imagine driving a car that numerous dead people have been a passenger in? Dieter Obeji not only doesn't mind, he has some 50 vehicles like that, including a rather incredible-looking specimen that he brought to the recent all-General Motors show at the Warner Center Park in Woodland Hills. It's a 39 LaSalle. A meteor carved panel hearse and uh, I found it in uh, Compton Airport in an airplane hangar. Uh, the sister of the owner contacted the car club I was in to see if anyone was interested in the car but didn't say exactly what it was just that it was a 39 hearse so I didn't know what the car was until I went to go look at it and I opened the doors to the warehouse and saw what it was and um, you know, knew I had to have it. 
What really reached out and struck you about it? Well, the originality of the car and, and the fact that it's a carved panel hearse, which aren't very common to begin with. And a carved panel hearse basically refers to not only what's inside the back of it, but what they did on the outside. Try and describe that. Yeah, this, well, most of them had uh, like a carved drapes, you know, on the side, like wooden, wooden, you know, drapes. But this one is a Gothic uh, cathedral theme. That, that's amazing, though, when you think about that. Now, do you know any of the history of this one? Like, who used it, who who purchased it first, and where it was used? Well, there's a oil change sticker uh, from Utah, and the car's been in California because of these plates at least since the early 60s. So I, I imagine it served in Utah first and then came here. Wow. Where about in Utah, did it say? Uh, it's a little town. It says it on the sticker on the door jam. I don't recall offhand. Do you mind if we look real quick? As long as we're looking. Okay, so open the door and it says... Oh, look at that. Wow. Spanish Fork, Utah. Okay, Spanish, Spanish Fork. Fork, just south of Salt Lake City and north of Provo. Wow, Spanish Fork, Utah. You can see pictures of this on our website and all that, but this is just amazing. Does this open? Yeah. Oh, look at the size, oh, look of, at the the size of the door. Holy cow. The is that, that a spare too? underneath? That's a spare. That's a, that's that looks like an original. Spare. That looks like an original. What is that? There's not much left of that no. tire. No, it's got everything. The original owner's manual, the jack, the spare. Uh, the paint's mostly original on the car. The upholstery, everything is uh, original. It's never even had a tune-up on it. You know, I'm wondering if this is like a Latter-day Saints LDS. Oh, it have to be from there at that point in time. There was no one else up there. Yeah, I mean, and and the fact how ornate it is. It oh, is God. a if it is an LDS limo, uh, this is just incredibly ornate, and, it, and it's got wood, and it looks like a it looks like a mini, lack of a better term, a, a lack of a mini church inside. Yeah, like a mini cathedral. Yeah. How much is something like this worth when you start talking about people who are into this kind of car? Well, it, it's it's real rare to find one that's unrestored original in this condition because usually since the the whole framework of the car is wooden if these cars were left outside at all they they usually have just disintegrated so they're usually either completely restored and you know a couple hundred thousand dollars or they're just a pile of sheet metal and still like twenty thousand dollars amazing this is amazing now you were telling me you belong to a club that yeah at the time was a, a hearse club uh, and you had told me, and this is one of the reasons I said we have to talk, is you said in your personal collection, you have 30 of these. Yeah, 30 uh, professional cars, hearses and ambulances. Uh, tell me about some of the other ones in your collection. Well, let's see, I've got a 49 Cadillac, uh, a 50 Cadillac, uh, 57 these are the hearses. These are hearses, yeah. I, uh, I just got a 58 Cadillac in Mexico last week. I flew down to Guadalajara and bought it and had it shipped back up here. Really? What, what, what did that look like? Uh, that's a nice original car that was still in service. Original, but original upholstery, you know, 57,000 original miles on it. Uh, they'd repainted it gold at one point, but otherwise it was pretty much, pretty much unmolested car. Well, and then coming from Mexico and down in that area, it's a, it's a, a little bit drier mm -hmm. 
So no real rot or anything from it's like never that? Been, it's never been outside. I mean, it hadn't been rained on or anything like that. The upholstery still beautiful inside, all the mohair wow. interior and everything. And some of the ambulances you were talking about, what do you have there? Well, I've got, you know, they were, they were made Hearst combination, Hearst ambulances back then. So I've got a few combinations. My 57's a combination. I've got a 71 and 72 combinations. Um, I've got a 59 Mercury ambulance, it's a straight ambulance. I've got a 269 Cadillac ambulances, a 66 Oldsmobile ambulance. Most of these cars, I assume, are Cadillacs along those lines. I mean, unless there are some others. Yeah, I've got three Pontiacs and three Oldsmobiles, uh, the Mercury. Tell me about the Pontiacs and the Cat and the Olds. What years were those? I have a 60, 62, and 63 Pontiac, and the Oldsmobiles. I, I have her 66, 71, and 72. How did you get involved in cars like this? What it, what drew you to it? And I bought my first uh, in in high school. I had a '70 Cadillac convertible, and then right out of high school, I uh, was looking in the recycler and I saw a '70 Hearse for sale for $600, and I went and I looked at it and uh, I bought it, and just the rest was history. What drew you to ambulances and hearse? Well, hearse. I bought the first one just because it was a 70 Cadillac, just like the one that I had, and then and it was 600 bucks. It was 600 bucks, and then. <laughs> Then I found another one that was nicer, that was all per in perfect condition for 1500 so I bought that instead and sold the first one, and then I wound up with a couple more and a couple more. And How do you store these? I was going to say, I, I can't imagine you having a two-car garage in a typical tract house and then just leave the rest of them all over your lawn or out in front of the neighbor's lots. Yeah. No, I, I have properties all over the city. I have a house in the desert where I store like long-term projects and uh, parts cars, and I have a... A complex of buildings in Gardena where I store, you know, about 50 of my cars over there. Now, what do you do for a living? These days, it's mostly uh, real estate, uh, investing, restoring houses, and selling them, and renting them, and You're stuff. the original flipper flop guy. Well, I don't like that term really because we we try to go and preserve historic houses and restore them back to original and not not just stick a granite countertop in there and some Home Depot doors and sell it, you know? Mm -hmm. okay. So like we do, like I you know, do with cars, it's kind of the same thing with the houses, just get these old properties that are in distress and restore them and, and sell them. Very cool. Very cool. We're just finishing up a 1909 Craftsman right now, this week. Is this the highlight car of your collection? Or is there another? Yeah, I would, I would say this would be the highlight. It's kind of hard, uh, it's kind of a hard act to follow. Now, what does it have for power? What kind of an engine? Cat, Cadillac Flathead V8. This is. Do you ever display your stuff? Besides bringing one out to a show here and there? I mean, that's that's it. I park it in my warehouse usually, and then I take it out every couple months. I'll take it out for a day or two, and then put it back in storage. So you kind of rotate the cars you take out? Yeah, I mean the other stuff that I drive daily, you know but to kind of rotate the cars I drive, but then, you know, this one here doesn't really, it doesn't see the weather, so it stays in most of the time. It's only got 54,000 miles on it. That oil change sticker there, it had 45,000, so in the, last, in the last 50 years, it's been driven 10,000 miles. 
1939 LaSalle owner Dieter Obiji. You have to take a look at the pictures on our social media because the detail on the side and inside of the car is just an incredible thing, even for a hearse. Sometime down the line, Bob and I will go check out his other cars he has in storage, and we'll bring a video camera with us. All right, now we move on to Donna Culwell. By day, she's a trucker, but on this day, she brought her favorite classic car to Warner Center, the car that when she turns the lights on, you kind of want to pull over to the side of the road. It's a 1970 S&S Sayers and Scoville Cadillac ambulance. It was... Um found in a used car lot in New York, western New York, and I put it in a barn for a year, and then I flew back and drove it home to California. What were you doing at the car lot? Were you looking for a car? Oh, uh, no, not looking for a car. I was home on vacation in western New York, driving along, and there was just this used car lot with all kinds of cars, and my eye goes to the classics. There was a Camaro and a something else, and one day I go by, and I saw there's a row of trees up in the back, and there was this ambulance, and I went, oh, I had to have it. I had to have it. What I, is it about you and ambulances? I don't know. It's just uh, my mom had a 60 Dodge Pioneer when we were kids. Red on the bottom, white on the top with lots of chrome. And that looked like an ambulance in those days to us in the mid-60s. So I just fell in love with them. And then I saw this with the stainless steel on the side of the roof. And it was, I was a goner. What's it like to drive a Cadillac ambulance? How heavy is this? 8,000 pounds. 21 feet long and almost eight feet high the top of the lights and it's and it's like having your own car show going down the, sh the freeway because because you can't change lanes because there's always somebody beside you behind you driving around you pictures videos so you have to make your lane changes like two miles before you <laughs> need your exit or something yeah because you can't change lanes or it's fun do you ever turn the lights on just to get people to get out of your way no that's a big no-no. Now, I was in a parade yesterday, and yes, I can go code three lights and sirens. All the lights work. Uh, some go around and round, up and down, and back and forth. And it has six or seven sirens. They six or seven yeah. sirens? Yeah. So different I zones. A, I have a high-low, a yelp, a wail, a growler, and a B&M Super Chief, which is a big, loud one that growls or uh, kind of winds down for a long time. Did uh, When you came here to the car show, did they say never turn them on? No. This is private property. I could. So we could get you to, like, demonstrate? Like, I would probably scare everybody really bad with the big siren. The lights I could do and get away with. Yeah, but the little sirens, maybe? I could maybe do the little sirens. Good. I could maybe do that. Little siren, I, I bet you if you did it, you'd have a whole crowd looking at the car even closer. Yeah, yeah, that would be and it. if yeah. I started out with a baby siren okay. and worked my way up, there you go. Okay. Well, then it wouldn't give, be as scary as no, hitting the big one. No, that would give people plenty of warning. Yeah. What do you think? Okay. Okay, okay. Right. Let's, let's do it. it. Okay. Let's do it. You're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> let's hear a siren. Okay. Probably have to turn the car on. Yeah, I gotta turn the power on. Okay. Is that one going? The lights on. Yes. This yes. One? Okay. Then we're gonna do all the lights. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I got. <laughs> I got. Come on up here. 
awesome. Well, you got everybody's attention. Everybody looking. That's it? Oh, I, guess, I gotta horn. sell you some horns. I know, this is... Okay, so... Sound like a Cadillac horn. Okay, I gotta make sure I turn everything off. Okay, don't, I didn't want you to kill your battery. I know. So okay. So turn everything off. Okay. Then, yeah, so All right! I love those mechanical sirens. Thank you! They really make a lot of noise. See? See? Good? See, everybody loves you now. Here, wait a minute. High five. Wait a minute. High five, high five. High five. That's high awesome. High and everybody's coming over. Yeah. Didn't scare anybody. Now you said you drove a truck. What kind of truck do you drive? Eighteen wheeler. Really? Yes, sir. How did you get into the eighteen wheeler business? Don't know. I was eighteen years old and I needed the job, and I I drove a a '57 Chevy Wrecker truck that had a five-speed and a splitter, and I thought bigger trucks, bigger bucks. <laughs> Lied. Told people I could drive it. Well, you were eighteen. It's it's basically one year for every wheel. Yes, that's right. Okay. But, but I was driving interstate, and you're not allowed to do that until you're 21, but I didn't even know that. Oh. So I just did it. Then <laughs> okay. didn't get caught. And you, and you didn't get caught, and that's good. That's, so yeah. you're based out of uh, California? Yeah. All right, very cool. Yeah. So what do you haul? Uh, nothing right now. I haul only for charity and disaster relief right now, because I, I drive for the Teamsters Union. I work for the headquarters, half in the office, half in the truck. And uh, I, like, like, this week, the U.S. Post Office is collecting food from people. I pick it up at the post office, take it to a food bank. We hauled to the Hurricane Harvey in Houston, disaster supplies, uh, toys for tots drives for the Marine Corps, career days, funerals, wow. parades, all kinds of things. I think if you got in trouble, like, putting these sirens on, all you have to do is just drop the... Uh, you know, helping for a cause card and hauling for a cause card, and oh. you would get basically reprieved. Oh, that's a great idea. I'll do that. Okay. I, I'm just saying, you know, I think that's what you should do. Okay, now, so the only siren we did not hear was the slow one that takes a while to get going. It sounds like an no, old... you did it. You did. Oh, that, was, did that was the big, the last one, the big loud one. That's called the B&M Super Chief. Yeah. And, and it... B&M Super Chief. And it's really loud, and then it takes forever to wind down. This is the one that you, you heard last. Right. And I do have a brake on it, so I can stop it when I want, but that's no fun. You have to let it <laughs> wind down. I understand that. I understand like the old black and white cop movies where the cars right. sure. roll up, and the detectives are out, and, and the siren's still going 10 minutes later. Yeah. That's what it used to be cool. on the old Adam 12 shows or something. And I got to build it. You built it? Yeah. My friend owns the company, B&M Super Chief Siren. And so he showed me in his shop, and he guided me, and I got to build it. Wow. That's very cool. So is there anything else on this you'd like to rebuild? I just had the engine redone. It's a 472 and the transmission. Still working on a couple other things, and then I'll paint it. So let me ask you, what are you going to paint it? Red and white. Of course. It's got to be red and After white. your mom's car. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, to me, an ambulance needs to be red and white. That's like the California fire thing. Matching oh, shoes. That is impressive. Bob, oh, they're matching car shoes. Describe those, would you? These are um, Katy Perry little car shoes. And I think they're just awesome, and I had to have them. Katy Perry makes car shoes. Yep. Can't of course, find then them again, I, 
Of course, then again, we somehow we stumbled across her on American Idol last night, and she was she was wearing the uh, the outfit from uh, the Ariel movie, where, where she was like the um, what was that? She was an octopus, or or oh, I heard about that. Yeah, she was wearing some purple and green thing last night. I didn't know if did she have car shoes on or mermaid shoes? I could not tell, but I, I, her tentacles did not have any of those. But that is very cool car Thank shoes. You very much. I think they're very appropriate. Do you have any other clothing things that are car-like aside from the well, t-shirt you're wearing? shirt and um... Well, you were telling me about the ambulance shirt you oh, have. The it says ambulance driver on the front backwards. So I have that. And, and of course, for those of you who are wondering why you would do that. Because it's written backwards on the front of an ambulance so you can see it in your rearview mirror and read it correctly. Tell us the story oh. of the lady. Oh, the lady. She, she saw me wearing the shirt that said ambulance driver backwards. And she informed me that my shirt was on inside out. And I... And what color was her hair? Blonde. <laughs> and she... I looked at her and said, it's what? And she said, it's inside out. And I just said, okay. <laughs> I didn't explain it to her. Is there any other, like, emergency vehicle you would ever want to get aside from this? Or another ambulance? Or... I, I wouldn't mind having a hearse. They're pretty cool. And uh, I'm in a, a car club called the Badgers. It's pretty much retired law enforcement guys or active, and they all have all kinds of black and white restored vintage cars. And so they're pretty neat, pretty fun. And we do a caravan when we're on a road trip somewhere. That's way fun. Wow, Nobody cool. will pass us. They all, I don't know, they you're won't pass afraid you're going to pull them over? Yeah. And we're wearing T-shirts and driving... 50-year-old cars, and we get them all gobbed up behind us. They won't pass us. <laughs> Same with this. I, I People won't pass. They pass me. And get Do you have a name for the lady that's in the back? Eileen. Yes. Eileen. Well, let's see. She has arms and legs. She has a name tag, and her first name is Eileen. Her last name is Dover. Eileen <laughs> Dover. And ended up in an ambulance. Yes. That's and what and this is an interesting one. She's got uh, she's got interesting arms. She has uh, mm -hmm. looks like she has biceps that are made out of st styrofoam. Well, that's so you can practice giving her injections. Ah. She's a real medical practice doll, like Resuscitator Annie or whatever. She's kind of kind of like the crash dummies that I do. M. Sometimes crash dummies. Yes, crash dummies. Did, did I miss something? I'm not even blonde. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, well, it's hard to tell what you used to be, Bob, but I we do have pictures. Um, that's uh, pretty wild there. Okay. She's not worrying Carrie, uh, Katy Perry, is she? Uh, no. Okay. That's probably um, Target. Skull and crossbones uh, uh, pajama bottoms. I like that. I just I felt stupid shopping for a mannequin, but I thought, what's appropriate for her to wear? So her shirt says L.A. County Corner. And skull and crossbone jammy bottoms. Okay. And last thought is, uh, you were saying, has this ever been in the movies? Yes, a movie called, a six-part series called I Am the Night, starring Chris Pine and in India Isley. And it was in the first episode. Did you get Chris Pine to sign anything on it? He does not know who I am. Well, so well I, he might I, sign the card. He did not know. No, I didn't.
Collector ambulance owner Donna Culwell. Now, just like Bogey did from All Girls Garage in Phoenix, several women have teamed up to rebuild a 1955 second-generation GMC pickup truck at the Automobile Driving Museum in El Segundo, California. All women doing all the work. Bob and I caught up with some of them at the Classic Auto Show in Orange County, California in March. Now, these young ladies are doing a great job restoring a second series 1955 GMC. Now, contrary to popular belief, that does not mean got mechanic coming. But it is a GMC. Well, they are the mechanics. They are in this case. Yes. And, they're starting work. and we're going to go through and introduce you to them each individually. So we'll start at this end here. Your name? Amy Wyatt. Amy, what was your experience coming into this? Um, I've had old cars my whole life, but like most people, got busy and um, kind of stopped working on my own cars. And I went to the all-girls car show last year with my wagon and saw the saw the project and signed up and it's kind of gotten me more excited again about cars so it's been a really cool thing cool what kind of wagon i have a 1960 ford country sedan i like it all right randy Welcome. why don't you go Welcome. out and start in a minute galaxy galaxy galaxy, galaxy. a big one those are those are nice yeah it's the car that drives into zip codes at one time it does. All right, now, you lady on your oh, left. you want to go that way? Yeah, okay. you go that way, but then we'll work our way to the middle. And uh, your experience before. Hi, I'm Melody. I actually am the newest recruit in this whole team, but I actually found these people through Instagram, out of all places, and I just wanted to learn more. I have a 1970 Dodge Shark Swinger, and um, I bought it, and it wasn't running, and I didn't know how to fix it. Well, there you go. Uh, right, so we got another lady with a Dodge Dart, and she runs hers all over the place. <laughs> I'm Cynthia. <laughs> All right, Cynthia, tell us a little bit about your background. Now, uh, you're going to make the car look pretty. No, I'm just kidding. Eventually, it'll be pretty. It's of course. Pretty cute. There you go. <laughs> just needs a little work on the inside. All right, your automotive background before this? Um, before this, you know, honestly, just a car enthusiast. That's been my whole thing. I go to car shows everywhere. I've got a 65 Dodge Dart GT convertible, and I love driving that thing around in the summer. It's got the you know top down and it's just it's a lot of fun so wanting to work on that and doing things on it i thought you know this is a great opportunity to kind of learn so that i can carry that over to my own vehicle and we have a uh, at the automobile driving museum gave us a great opportunity to restore this 55 gmc pickup so this is our team here and we're all learning together and it's been fun what's yeah. your name and what's your previous experience um, Kathy Newman. Uh, my previous experience, I didn't have a lot of experience with cars, but about two years ago, I, um, I bought myself a 66 Mustang, and I knew I'd have to do a lot of work on it to get it running. It's my daily driver now. Um, and so a year ago, I took it to the all-girls car show, and I met these ladies. And um, ever since, for the past year, we've been working every Sunday together to get that GMC up and running. And, I get to learn um, on the GMC and then use it at home on my wow. on my car. Okay, that's very good. And, and what's your name and what's your experience? Uh, my name's Lisa, and um, I've been working on cars since I was about 14, and I just always loved them. And um, I don't have a project of my own, and Jimmy's my project, so right. it's, it's a lot of fun just to learn and to meet these awesome ladies and just to do it as a group. And she's the only certified. Oh. And Lisa, really? Okay. So, so she started. She started when she was fourteen. So in a whole year, she's become a certified mechanic. Exactly. And yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah. So that brings up the question: How did you get involved in cars? What steered you in that direction? Uh, my grandfather had a 1915 Model T with the crank start, 
and him and my grandmother would go all over the country um like they had to go up over the rockies backwards because well, gravity yeah fed gravity fed and um and i just loved their adventures the photographs that they took and i just fell in love with it so just spiraled into me working on them uh, any plans of getting your own project eventually right now i'm actually going to school for uh, business so once i get my business degree and pay off all the loans uh, uh, yeah, there you go. thinking of actually getting the project <laughs> all right now you talked about you have a big wagon that you drive a huge wagon is that was that your first collector car or you had one before that first car was a 63 buick skylark convertible that had shag carpeting no no convertible top and um basically was just a step above the flintstones oh, but my no parents floor. let me get it because they figured it would teach me a lesson and it didn't, it didn't. yeah you just got you more addicted I, I blame my dad he always had old cars and he always sold them and felt really bad about it you know or feels bad about it now so I, uh, every time I, I get mad at my car and I threaten to sell it, my daughter gets mad at me. So I have to keep it going for the next generation. All right, so you say you've had five. What are the cars? I had a 63 Buick Skylark. I had a 69 Pontiac Le Mans. I had a 67 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme Convertible. I had a 1930 Model A, which was done on overhauling and had to sell for my divorce. <laughs> and, and that's the one that got away. And now I, well, so yeah, this is five six this is my uh, my wagon and it was my daily driver for a while but that car sucks gas so yeah. now it's not oh it literally, it literally <laughs> sucks gas yeah, yeah. i thought she was yeah. being close i thought she no. was just yeah. when you hit the accelerator you watch the speed i'm gonna go this way and the yeah. gas gauge go that way We've it's all had simultaneous like yeah. yes absolutely which engine 352 all right well, so quickly you answered yeah. that. i know yeah 352 the the smallest of the uh fe motors yeah, well, you wouldn't know. I can't pass a gas station. No, no, they were never they were never made for that. <laughs> okay, so so you were talking about your, your 70 Dodge. What's the story? Why that car? Um, I started getting into cars when I was 16, but my parents would never let me buy it because it's kind of a horrible financial decision. I was too young, so I saved up until I was 18, and on the day I turned 18, I bought that car. I'm 20 now, <laughs> and it finally runs. It's actually, I drove it here today. Um, and I love to sit on road trips and everything, so, yeah. And how do, what do the folks say about it now? Just don't like it, but what can they do, you know? It's <laughs> what I like to do. You're 20, hey, <laughs> you're legal. What are they going to do, for heaven's sakes? Yeah, all right. So tell me a little bit about when your first car, or have you had cars before that, and why that particular car? Um, I've always loved the classic Mustangs. I love the lines. I love the Americana of it and how iconic they are. Um, so I always wanted that particular one. I always wanted the coupe. Um, I didn't want a fastback. I knew I didn't want a, a convertible. And so I got my dream car. And it's a great car to have because there's so many parts to find on the Mustang. It's easy to work on yourself and um, not too complicated. So it's great. You're left. You're next. What was your first car and why that particular car? Honestly, my first truck was a 2003 F-150, and um, it was a stick shift, and my parents said that they would help me buy whatever car I wanted as long as it was a stick shift. And oh, so it took really? me, yep, so it took me a while to find a big pickup, because I didn't want a little pickup. Okay, wait a minute, Why, what was the big deal about a stick shift? They knew that they wanted us to be able to drive it because they had so many coworkers, friends who had no idea how to drive a stick shift, and they knew that 
sometimes that's the only car that's available and are you really going to be stuck on the side of the road and not going to be able to drive just because you don't know how to drive a stick shift? Well, hey, how big yeah. are your calf muscles? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a manual transmission now car now is a, is a anti-theft device. Yeah, for some yeah. people you're <laughs> yeah. absolutely... Because I remember when I had my uh, last stick shift car was a, a, a Thunderbird Turbo Coupe like in 86, and I lived in Utah. And that's great when you're living in Utah, even if you're driving in the snow. You get it back to Los Angeles, and the first time you hit traffic, and suddenly you feel like you've got Steve Garvey calves that are like out to about here. So, oh, I'm sorry, Steve Garvey used to play with the Dodgers. Baseball? A, baseball. Uh, Somewhere, yeah. And they're all shaking their heads no. I'm sorry. Garvey? Okay. I don't know. All right, now, Cynthia, your Dodge Dart's not your only car. It's not your first car. You've got, what, five now? Well, what? <laughs> I'm downsizing. But that's my only classic that I have. Yeah, downsizing, and you've gone to big Suburbans. Well, I had a Tahoe. It was an O2 Tahoe. I still have it. Um, but I'm going to um, take that to the other house. And then the new Tahoe. Yes, I do have a new Tahoe. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> okay, and you got a Jeep. I have a Jeep, but I'm selling that. Okay. I am selling that because it is just too small. I need the cargo room. So that's why I bought the new Tahoe. Now, for those of you who wonder, what does she need cargo room for? You ever watch TV and you no, see these people? Never watch TV. No. And uh, the people look perfect. Okay. Yeah, that's because of her. Cynthia is a makeup artist for that's the movie true. industry. I am. I've been doing it for a while. It's a lot of fun, but I have crates of makeup and prosthetics and special effects and paint and airbrushes and all kinds of stuff that I carry to and from work. So I do need the room. And then uh, she, what is, some yeah. of that stuff she actually uses on the actors and actresses. The, yeah, some of that too, yeah. 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 Getting, getting her to go through the TSA check, though, yeah. is, ooh, that gosh. Be a little difficult. What, what would be one of the most uh, notable shows that you've been on that people would remember or know? Um, well, recently, I have done the last uh, couple seasons of a show called Westworld, which is an HBO show, and we're just starting our third season uh, next month. So. Excellent. That, that's great. Now, you, we were talking the other day, uh, when we were at the, the race of gentlemen, uh, you had a f situation where you were freezing doing makeup. Bob, before you continue. Yes. Just so you know television a little bit. Yes. All right. The camera is there. Hi. Everybody's enjoying looking at your back. So well, that's my best side. What you do is you have to kind of turn and turn include this way. them in and instead of going like that. that. Yeah. I just well, you know, just, I, I just wanted to help. Well, but I've got that face for radio, so you know. Well, I'm working with you. <laughs> yeah. Bob. Okay. I'm All right. Just being with my vast intellectual television experience. Yes. Hi, everybody. Anyway. All hey, right, Cynthia. Ahead. You were in a situation, we were talking about it this weekend, or last weekend, or where you, you were in a rather cold area that you had to put makeup on people. Yes, I actually just did a commercial up in Ely, Nevada, and our very first day of shooting, um, we were outside at 4 o'clock in the morning, and it was minus 10. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> it, was, it was quite cold, quite a difference from L.A., but um, we did it, and when it warmed up to 28, we all had acclimated enough that we were actually shedding layers because we were so busy working, it didn't matter. Ely, Nevada, Ely, Nevada. is actually on the way to kind of Utah, right? Yes, yeah. yeah, basically close mm -hmm. to Utah. Yeah. All right, now we know what Cynthia does. Why don't we go through all the ladies and tell us what do you do when you're not working on a 1955 GMC? I am an office manager for my boyfriend's construction company. And okay. you? Um, I actually manage a hot rod shop. Oh, okay. Really? 
Um, I make the TV commercials for Botox. For what? Botox. Oh, are you not like the model? No, oh, I'm the marketer. Marketer. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm a paralegal. Paralegal. All right. All right, we're in trouble. She can sue me now after what I assessed. Yeah. I don't know. Ah, that's true. Yeah, okay, she's representing so you. you guys I been, tell me a little bit about what what is what happened when you heard about this build. I mean, this is we've talked to Bogie about some of the her build her build with. Um, the Chevy Montage, yeah, and how a lot of the women who got involved heard about it at various locations. How did you hear about the uh, this build, the GMC? I saw it through Instagram. I was just scrolling one day through the museum's page, and I discovered the truck, and I just thought it was really cool that a bunch of women could band together and work on a car. So that's how I joined it. And your favorite part that you have done so far? Um, I just really like hanging out with everybody and we just did the uh, truck bed uh, last weekend and it was a lot of work but it paid off and we stayed at the shop for like 4 or 5 p.m. we got there at 9 a.m. so it was hard work. Okay. Um, I went to the all women's car show at the museum last year and they had Jimmy out front and they were taking names and signing people up and that's when I signed up to do it. And your favorite part that you worked on so far? Doing the brake lines in the master cylinder was pretty cool. Have you ever done anything like that before? No, I've never done anything like that, and now I can say I have. Cool. All right. And the truck stops. I don't know yet. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't move, and so it's hard oh, to tell. Yeah. Good point. I just yeah. wanted to double check. But it, it's no, they're doing a lot of stuff on it. The brakes, the major things with the brake, it wouldn't stop before. Although it did run, it didn't stop. Uh, now it doesn't run. And they don't know if it stops. So it doesn't need to stop. No, at this point it's fine. But I'm they're working just on that. Trying to they're follow this along. Rebuilding the carburetor is what's uh, going on partially now as well. Correct. It's going to be next. Yes, that's our next project. After next week's show, we're taking a little sabbatical for a day, and then the week after we'll start again. Okay. And Cynthia, what is your what what part of the truck have you enjoyed working on more? Oh gosh, um, I enjoyed learning about the brakes and the drums. That was actually pretty cool because I was always interested in that just from my own vehicles you know brake pads have to be changed and so on and so forth and that actually costs a fortune <laughs> when you go to a shop so i thought okay somehow you got to be able to do it yourself so that that was pretty cool but i mean every little aspect of the truck restoration has been such a great learning experience and not being a mechanic at all i mean i'm learning along with the other girls and every time we work together we seem to figure something out and, and learn from that. So that, it's been cool. It's been really fun. Very cool. Great. And uh, what was the best part uh, that you've enjoyed working on in the truck so far? I really enjoyed uh, removing the distributor and then changing the points and the condenser and everything on there and uh, putting it back, setting it to the number one cylinder, top dead center, all that good stuff, and then uh, going from there. Now, you said earlier you work at a hot rod shop. Which one's that? Uh, McMillan Speed and Fab up in Oxnard. Very familiar with them. Okay. As a matter of fact, you're familiar with my car because it spent some are. time there. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> we, I remember we put the Evelyn, Evans waterless coolant into your vehicle. Correct. <laughs> that was it, yeah. Personal experience here. I got to like that. Uh, how close are we or how far are we away from the car getting drivable to be able to be put on the road? Anybody want to volunteer on that? Venture, I guess. Well, what, what, let's put it this way. What needs to be done at this yeah. point, the car, the truck is on display for those of you that want to come to the uh, LA Classic. 
you want to come down here and take a look at it. The truck is on display. You can see what work has been done, and you can also see what things need still to be done. Uh, how long do you think uh, before you guys have that thing running again? Probably a few months because we only do a workshop on Sunday Sunday mornings, and we're usually only there for about uh, maybe up to five hours. Mm -hmm. So four times out of a month for five hours, it's really not a whole lot of work time. Um, so it is a little bit slow going. And after now that we finished the truck bed, and after these two shows, we've got we're going to start uh, rebuilding the carburetor, and then we have all the wiring to do. And then after that, we'll be um, sanding and buffing and you know doing that aspect of it so that's that'll be the last part of it so with one sunday a week probably a few months yeah and that's uh you, you guys are doing all the work yourselves you're learning as you're going so you guys aren't experienced at doing this so it's a learning experience and that takes a little bit longer to go through the steps but uh what hasn't been done to the truck that you are looking forward to doing oh the wiring the wiring definitely we we um we had a gal from Riverside come out and teach us a little little workshop about how, how to do the wiring and we've got a harness and we'll start laying that out soon and getting it in. So I'm excited because I need a lot of wiring in my wagon. So it's gonna be kind of cool. What's the biggest thing you did? Um, I had to switch out all the electric components. Oh my God, I just took it on a road trip to Tucson for the Zip Tide Drags for Hot Rod Magazine. Um, and along the way, every single electrical component failed. So I was on the side of the freeway, like changing the voltage reg regulator, just like uh, diagnosing everything. Oh my God, it was a complete mess. You were doing that on your own on the side of the freeway. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's an accomplishment because, you know, th there are a lot of people that cannot do that or don't even understand a voltage regulator. There was electrical fires everywhere. Oh. Electrical <laughs> fires everywhere. Are you going to... You, you got to keep a, a bag of marshmallows in the glove box now? Oh, next time. Next time, yeah. Okay. I checked in with the Automobile Driving Museum in El Segundo and that car. They're making progress, and they're still working on it. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe to all of our new podcasts here on Radio.com, KMX1070.com, or if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to us, rate us five stars, please, and write a review. And if you want to sponsor an episode or two of Talking About Cars, you can reach us at talkingaboutcars at gmail.com. Our website is talkingaboutcars.net, where I include some extra behind-the-scenes flavor to the interviews. And make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join Bob and I on his show, Got Gas, that's Great American Auto Scene, G-A-A-S, the second Tuesday of the month. That's for a live show. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon along with Bob Beck. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars.